Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. Last week, President Rodrigo Duterte okayed the auction of jewelry seized from the Marcoses as part of their ill-gotten wealth. Today, Malacanang suggests the Marcoses may take part in bidding for that same jewelry. Back in April, an all-Filipino team made an expedition to the Kalayaan group of islands. Now they're back and we sit down with them to ask... What did they find? Spoiler alert, it's not pretty. The rainy season is expected back soon. Before all that rain comes, we look back at the water crisis that plagued Metro Manila over the past three months. And in Hong Kong, a group of Filipinas are making a splash. We'll tell you who they are in a bit. Yan po ang headlines. Ako po si Robbie Alampay. Puma Podcast. Last week, President Rodrigo Duterte approved the sale of more than 700 million pesos worth of jewelry seized from the Marcoses as part of their established ill-gotten wealth. Here is presidential spokesperson Salvador Panelo elaborating on the matter at a press conference today. The proceeds have to go to the Filipino people who are an urgent need of government aid. Panelo also acknowledged the source and nature of these jewelry. These properties have been declared to be ill-gotten. That's why precisely it is to be sold. If that was the court decision, then we have to abide by it. But asked by GMA News reporter Joseph Morong, if the Marcoses can participate in the auction. In other words, can the Marcoses buy back the jewelry that were seized from them as ill-gotten wealth? Panelo seemed to suggest and say, yes, the Marcoses can take part. Here is the full exchange between Morong and Panelo. Can the Marcoses be banned from the auction? Meaning if we proceed with the auction, can they still participate or they should not participate? Only the court can stop the sale. But uh, no, kung, kung auction, everybody is, ano, is free to bid. Including the Marcoses? Ay, syempre, dahil everybody, wala namang prohibition doon, di ba? Auction eh. Morong pressed on in questioning Panelo. As if checking whether he heard right, Panelo stood by his answer but then did offer a qualifier towards the end. Hindi pwede sila, sir, iban? I don't think so. Kung auction, <clears throat> and mm. I, I, I do not know of any law prohibiting any person from bidding. If you are qualified, unless there are requirements for a qualification nagagawin ng auctioneer. Kung meron, uh, you'll have to pass through the qualifications. 
On April 22, a team of Filipino scientists traveled to the Kalayaan group of islands. Their mission? Protect WPS, which is also the acronym for the expedition predicting responses between ocean transport and ecological connectivity of threatened ecosystems in the West Philippine Sea. Teaming up for the venture were the Department of Environment and Natural Resources, which provided funding, the Bureau of Fisheries and Aquatic Resources, whose vessel, the BRP Lapu-Lapu, was used, and the Marine Science Institute of the University of the Philippines in Diliman, who also deployed its vessel, Casarinlan. More than 70 members, almost all millennials, were on the two-week research voyage. Now back in Manila, Dr. Deo Florence Onda of the UP Marine Science Institute talked to us about their trip. He was one of the top researchers on board. It was a very pleasant journey. When we were cruising, cruising through Kalayaan Island Group, papunta ng Pag-asa, the weather was perfect. It was mirror-like, uh, yung calmness ng dagat. And we saw a lot of foreign vessels, pero we did not have any untoward incidents. So, so it was really perfect for us. So we were able to do our science, we were able to enjoy the view and the trip itself. But what they saw of the coral reefs were anything but perfect. Even in a place as far away from our cities, provinces, and mainland as the Kalayaan group of islands, human activity had left its unmistakable mark. Um, there are a lot of uh, indications that there are direct human impacts such as uh, dynamite fishing. You would expect kasi na sobrang isolated ng area, medyo pristine or alam mo yun, medyo preserved siya. Pero it's, marami sa mga reefs, damaged na talaga. Merong indications ng blast fishing or dynamite fishing. Also cyanide fishing. So makikita mo patay talaga yung reef. Madami ding indications ng, ano eh, medyo nahila or na we call it na parang pound yung reef. So binabagsakan siguro ng angkla or minumuro ami, hindi natin alam. Pero there were indications na may direct human activities. They also found plastics. A lot of plastics. Sadly, plastics are apparently really everywhere. So when we were cruising, going to Pag-asa, we saw a lot of floating plastics. And then we, w we went to this very small island called uh, Panata, Kota Island, near Panata Island, which is a ter uh, claimed territory of the Philippines. Ano siya? Maliit lang siya, 200 meters, pero we were able to see around six crates of plastic bottles. At, and when, when we tried to look uh, deeper, yung plastic bottles kasi may indication siya that it actually floated in the sea for longer periods of time. Suggesting that possibly this, this came from mainland, not only Philippines but Southeast Asia. Kasi yung brand names na makikita mo dun sa labels, they're actually from China, from Hong Kong, from Thailand, Vietnam. So indications yun na merong direct uh, implications yung activities in the coast to the environment in Kalayaan Island Group. Garbage flotsam in bodies of water is not new. It is just one more sign that the country's waste management, or lack thereof, is getting worse. In 2015, researchers from the University of Georgia found that the Philippines is the third top polluter of the oceans right after China and Indonesia and just ahead of Vietnam. And all of these countries are near the West Philippine Sea. How can we tackle this problem? Dr. Onda has a few thoughts. The problem with the Kalayaan Nile group 
if we want to really you know address the issues it's not a one country effort the kalayaan island group is part of this practice group of islands and all the countries surrounding it are responsible for its protection and preservation i hope governments can see that it is already beyond territories it's beyond national politics it's actually beyond disputes if you want to protect the future generation protect Spratly's group of islands as a region and not as a country one country effort last march water service interruptions hit metro manila's east zone for several weeks the ensuing outrage from customers had Manila Water executives and government officials scrambling for solutions. Experts and analysts pointed out that demand was outpacing Manila Water's supply allocation from Angat Dam. We talked to Ain Torres, a research associate from the Ateneo Policy Center, and looked back at what went wrong and what could have been done to prevent it. For one, she says the problem did not develop overnight and early warning signs were ignored. So the supply, we're talking about 1,600 million liters per day or MLD for Manila water. But um, it has been computed that the demand right now is at 1,740. So in short, there's um, 140 million liters per day that is not being um, serviced basically. So nag-increase from 1997 to 2016, yung 3 million consumers ng Manila water shot up to 7 million. The thing is, wala namang bagong supply. Torres adds that as demand overtook supply, the government had ample time to ensure better allocation of the country's water resources. But the government's privatization agreement with water service providers back in the 1990s became an issue. In particular, there was a lack of clarity in identifying who should be developing new sources of raw water supply and how it should be financed. This caused significant delays in implementing preventive measures. Because on one hand, the government is saying that it is their responsibility, but the concession agreement says otherwise. So, yun nga lang, MWSS is clearing na it should not be because the, there's a risk, you know, of pass-on costs. So obviously, for example, you develop new water sources. If someone's going to use that, or ikaw rin naman gagamit na at the end of the day, then you have to pay for it. So yung, yung utility, magtataas sa presyo. So yung water, na kunyari 5 pesos, 7 pesos, because this, the other 2 pesos is paying for the new, ano, for the yeah. new infrastructure, ganyan. Torres says the original intent of the agreements covered all aspects of provision of potable water. These include raw water sourcing to treatment and eventually to distribution. Also, Manilad and Manila Water's profits have been robust, she says. Their revenues are steadily increasing. Just last year, both water concessions posted well over 6 billion pesos in profits. She says the two also received de facto government support in the early 2000s. That's because they were allowed to adjust the interpretation of the concession agreements so they could weather the after-effects of the Asian financial crisis of 1996 to 1998. Are you ready? Attention! Go! A group of Filipino women are making history in Hong Kong. Once a week, they head out to a cargo port for grueling training in a dragon boat. But one thing that sets them apart from every other team there, the dynamos are all Filipino maids. The main challenges for us is the time to train. 
because we only have one day off a week. I want to integrate our, you know, the Filipino helper community or all represent the domestic helper as part of Hong Kong, part of the community, and we don't want to feel excluded. When we're racing, there is no employer, there is no helper, everyone just equal. That was Lisa Avellino, founder of the Dynamos, in an interview with Reuters. Kasambahais are some of the poorest workers in Hong Kong. Many of them are the main breadwinners for their families back in the Philippines, and there is little cash to spare on their one day off. So sidewalks around Hong Kong double as picnic spots, dance floors, and beauty salons on Sundays. But the Dynamos wanted more. Geraldine Inabiohan joined the team when it launched last year. She moved to Hong Kong to help put her siblings through school. She says her employer encouraged her to try different sports. And now she's found a second home on the boat. You meet new people, new family, like in a dragon boat, you're like a family, so you treat uh, each other nice. Most races are held on Sundays, thanks in part to two sponsors that Dynamos can afford to compete against over 100 teams. But most of the teams train several times a week, and that is hard for the maids who live where they work. In the end, the chance to compete is enough of a reason to celebrate. Here is Maki America, captain of the Dynamos. We came last, but it doesn't matter because we made history today. We are the only domestic Filipino helper that crossed that line. We give them a good fight, actually. We showed them how strong we are, how competitive we are. So I'm so proud of my team. At yan po ang latest edition ng Puma Podcast for the latest episodes. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Maraming salamat po. 